0: This is a pre recorded um, show for Wavemakers, so we will not be taking phone calls.
1: Welcome to Makers with Janet and Tom. A weekly conversation with people making a difference in the Tampa Bay region. I'm Janet. And I'm Tom. And handling the board for us today is the well-preserved John Dunn. Answering the phones is DJ Spaceship. If you want to join our conversation, you can call us at 813-239-9663 and DJ Spaceship will get you through to us. You can also email us at dj at wmnf.org or text us at 813 239 Four
2: three
0: three zero eight eight five. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, both nationally and here at WMNF. So we're closing out Wavemakers this month with Carrie Zeiss, president and CEO of Tampa Bay Thrives, a nonprofit established in 2019 in response to the region's enormous mental health needs. Tampa Bay Thrives focuses on navigating the mental health care system, expanding access, and reducing the stigma associated with with mental health struggles. Welcome to WaveMakers, Carrie.
1: Thank you so much. According to a survey conducted by Tampa Bay Thrives, nearly 50% of residents in the Bay Area said in the past 12 months they needed help for emotional or mental health problems. Um, And 70% said they had at least one poor mental health day a month. Um, So we know the need is there. And yet, according to Mental Health America, Florida ranks 49th nationally in terms of access to health care. Carrie, those are some pretty astounding numbers you don't get
0: much lower than 49th
1: not not much um but but what are we talking about when we're we're talking about mental health it's a very broad topic uh everyone has different needs and struggles are different what are what are you seeing at tampa
2: bay thrives so so it, it is it is a broad topic and you know just to give you a sense of how long it can take for someone to realize they actually need to get formal help it's between five and 15 years from the first onset of symptoms. So those days when you're not feeling so great, or you're struggling a little bit to get out of bed, or your emotions are higher than others, if you don't have the resources or skills or tools or coping techniques to take care of yourself early, those symptoms can exacerbate until they reach a crisis point. And mental health is really almost anywhere in that spectrum. The questions that we asked in that survey were subjective. So people self-defined, but you know, we asked how many days did you miss from work or did you struggle in getting through the day and engaging, you know, with your normal activities. And those are all considered part of the mental health issue.
1: Are there specific, um, uh, conditions that you
2: see most frequently? Can you Quantify that? Yeah, or absolutely. Us? So we have a um, a free uh, navigation line meant for individuals who are in that mild to moderate stage. We do have lots of crisis, strong crisis related response programs in the in the Tampa Bay region. But the Let's Talk program and number is really meant for those early, you know, what? Where should I go? What, what am I feeling? I I will say that anxiety depression, and relational problems are the top three reasons month after month that people call. We helped about 2,000 people last year, and that number is, is increasing steadily. And those are a majority of the reasons why people are calling. Anxiety,
1: depression, and relationship
2: issues. Yep. So family fights, breaking up with a significant other, those kinds of things often you know, are are the, the 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 items that get someone to call? What you were—it's just you've only been around for four years, established in 2019. How did that come about? So, uh, 30 leaders came together over two days, two days of uh, a very intensive summit. Um, hospital systems, public safety, schools, officials. And they really, you know, chewed on that question of, you know, we're investing in mental health, we've got great programs, and there really are great programs in the Tampa Bay area. But despite that, the community mental health needs assessment surveys that the hospitals administer every three years continued to show that mental health concerns were at the top of the list of needs. So people weren't getting better And this was in 2018, 19, before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, So these leaders decided to do something a little bit differently and invested in Standing Up Us, which is a separate 501c3. And our whole reason to be here is to help fill gaps, not to compete, but to add to the system, to find ways to test innovative solutions, to help us, you know, reach velocity and speed even faster in the community. If you're just
1: tuning in, you're listening to Wavemakers on WMNF. And our guest today is Carrie Zeiss from Tampa Bay Thrives. And we're talking about mental health on this uh, May Mental Health Awareness Month and talking about issues that people have with access. That's what we're talking about right now is, is getting is access. You mentioned the pandemic we were talking a little bit about what are some of the conditions people have. You have, you know, anxiety, depression, and relationship issues. What are some of the causes? You mentioned the pandemic, um, did the pandemic see a spike in those kinds of uh, in mental health issues? Yeah, without it,
2: and, and do they linger? Yeah, without a doubt, they did. They they did increase. Um, I think actually, in in some ways, it was an opportunity for a young organization like us because mental health had never been in the national conversation in a stronger way than it was the first couple of years. However, what that did was it really shined a spotlight on how difficult it can be to find appointments. To get to care, to manage your symptoms while you're waiting to talk to someone else. Um, So, yeah, those symptoms do, you know, they are persisting. Um, I I pulled a couple of statistics from the Kaiser Family Foundation, just updated their study, um, and that, you know, while reported symptoms of mental health crisis have begun to decrease, there's areas that are of real concern. So, substance use issues are coming to the fore, fentanyl. Related overdoses, mm-hmm. alcohol-related deaths. Those are, you know, people typically go towards substances when they're trying to feel better. Um, suicidality is on the increase, particularly in our young people. Um, so, th- you know, and, and and people who provide services have left the field in in, in higher rates than 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 seen previously. So, there's a hmm. real supply issue.
0: And, and you mentioned young people, and um, it, it, apparently we have a real crisis going on we among do. young people. Um, I was reading some statistics uh, about uh, how in 2019, 13% of adolescents reported having a major depressive episode. A 60% increase from 2007, and that was, again, before the pandemic. Emergency room visits by children and adolescents in that period also rose sharply for anxiety, mood disorders, and self-harm. And for people 10 to 24, 10, that's young, suicide rates uh, which were stable, leaped nearly sixty percent by twenty eighteen. Um, so, what is it you think is causing this particular crisis among this group of folks?
2: I mean, there's there's lots of of, of theories. Uh, there is certainly, you know, for school age kids, uh, I think the prevalence of school shooting drills. We've heard that that's causing some persistent anxiety because it's it's ongoing. The impacts of social media, uh, being able to see what is happening around you where you may or may not be include, included, mm-hmm. um, incidences of, you know, s- sort of bullying, cyberbullying, in-person bullying, certainly all create sort of a pressure cooker environment where, you know, kids are struggling to figure out how to how to navigate and manage their mental
0: health. And the Surgeon General just uh, issued a warning about social media and it's, calling yeah. for more investigation and, and yeah. uh, standards and, 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 and uh, some guidelines, I guess, for parents. Uh, does Tampa Bay Thrives have any suggestions uh, for parents who are dealing with this? Because, you know, it's tough to say no to a kid who really wants to be on insta or whatever
2: yeah so in the, in that same report the surgeon general did flag that you know three hours and kids who have more than three hours of daily exposure to social media really are at higher risk for struggling with their mental health the anxiety and depression and our average of young kids screen time is about three and a half hours so mm. you know a a a significant protective factor for, you know, kids and high school kids, teenagers is an engaged parent. So a parent who knows where their kid is, who they're with, is checking in more, more regularly is one of those statistically proven evidence-based, you know, protective factors that can help. So engage in conversations about how much social media that kid is, your kid is consuming, how, how many hours, put, it, put a timer on the phone um, to shut it off after a certain period of time and talk about you know, and model, you know, good use of social media yourself. Don't sit with your phone at the dinner table Mm -hmm. um, and then expect to say, Hey, don't check your phone. So often if you can't disconnect yourself, Uh, we have an
1: email from Bubba um, who says, um, I think that DeSantis targeting LGBTQ people and black Hispanic people will make mental health issues even worse in Florida. I'm tired of DeSantis bullying the most vulnerable people. If you'd like to send us an email um, on this topic, uh, Mental health, you can send us an email to dj at uh, wmnf.org and you can also call us at 813 239 9663. We have an, uh, an email from David Bryant and he wants to know what Carrie, what you think about the ads on TV for anti medication. It seems like they are pushing it to help increase sales, but not necessarily to help people who need it. I always find it odd when I hear a pharma ad rattling off side effects like suicidal thoughts. From various drugs, they're pushing. Any thoughts on
2: that? Well, I I do think that there is a role for antidepressants in treating mental health, but it it has to be a holistic experience in terms of your exposure to to messaging. And, you know, learning how to manage your symptoms day to day while using appropriate clinical interventions like antidepressants, you know, is important, but you have to balance the messaging Mm -hmm. overall. Um, One of the things that you. that is, I think,
1: uh, surrounds um, mental health issues and is something that you are focusing on is the issue of, of stigma um, at, around that. And people don't really want to talk about it. Um, and we have with us in the studio Mary Kay Dwyer, um, who is with the um, marketing firm Stevie & Fern. Um, and Within, this is a company that helped put together a campaign for um, Tampa Bay Thrives called If You Know, You Know. Um, and tell us about that, Mary Kay. What is what is that campaign all about?
3: So the If You Know, You Know campaign really came about because we were thinking about ways to create real change and drive people to solutions. And we thought a great way of doing that would be through storytelling because a lot of times when someone's saying that they have resources for mental health, it's just kind of like, if you need help, reach out. But we wanted to tell stories that were real, that were hopefully will be a beacon of hope because we've actually gone through it. Those people telling the stories actually shared my story as well. I had been, uh, about 12 years ago, I had been really, really depressed. It was a lot of things going on. I was actually suicidal. I came really close to doing that. And uh, I actually got on antidepressants. I, I I didn't want to, but I didn't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. But I, I forced myself into therapy, which I didn't want to do, but I did. And I got antidepressants, which I didn't want to do, but I did. <laughs> and I, you know, I was only on them for a short term. So that kind of, um, I mean, it saved my life. It, it saved my life because it gave me the time to actually look into other ways of healing myself. I started going to yoga. I went to acupuncture. I started meditating. I started writing. So I like to say, you know, we want people to find the help that works for them because it's not always traditional therapy that can help you. There's lots of different things. The most important thing is to keep trying. Like no one is going to pick you up and put you into therapy. Mm-hmm. You, you you have to be the person that does that first step. But once you do those first steps, hopefully... Even if it doesn't work like that, my my talk therapy session was a disaster. But I just was like, well, I'm not going to let that stop me and I'm not going to let this kill me. So I just kept going to different things and trying different things until and I just kept putting one foot in front of the other until I could make it through.
0: Did you find a different therapist?
3: I did not. I, I ended up going to to acupuncture and he kind of became my therapist in a way he listened to me maybe it's because i also went to therapy when i was a kid and it was kind of forced on me so i had like a bad association with talk therapy personally
0: because i think one of the challenges uh if you are struggling uh with some sort of mental health issue whether it's depression or anxiety or or loneliness or there's relationship problems is finding the right therapist Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm um and sometimes it takes uh more than one
1: yeah um let's talk a little bit more about the, the if you know you know campaign you so you told your tell how does that work you told your story yeah if somebody wants to tell their story how do they work how does that work how
3: is the campaign working so basically it's two-pronged mm-hmm. we have a website that is kind of the hub of all the stories and also also all of the resources so um but the the main point of sharing is through social media so i actually shared my story last week and i'm not like a giant social media person but mm-hmm. it got so much traction and i got so much love from it and people shared it and i hope that everybody that does submit their story shares their story on social media because it's it's one thing to read it on a website but it's totally different when you are personally putting it out there to your friends and family. It's very vulnerable. Are you making a video or are, we, are they? So there, it's uh, written stories. Written stories, okay. And you submit a photo. And so that hopefully those uh, people can see within the story and maybe the photo something they connect with. Okay, gotcha.
1: Um, in the spirit, if you know, you know, I'll say, I've gone to therapy off and on since I was like, Six, mm-hmm. <laughs> my mom started taking me because I was like super anxious and had all kinds of phobias and stuff, so um you know it, like temporary goes off and on, and you say you try all different kinds of things. I found mindfulness to be really helpful, funny. I went to um a mindfulness center for a fabulous meditation session and. Three of my former therapists were there, so (laughs) 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 they were obviously trying that. And it was much cheaper, I want to tell you, to go to the Mindfulness Center (laughs) than going to therapy. Um, We have an email. We have um, um, from Bob Pope, Jr. He says, I've been in AA for quite a while, and I'm seeing more and more young people coming in for help. They're drinking harder in the younger years. I heard a statement last night that there are 11 AA meetings in Gainesville, and that's not near enough. So... uh, that's interesting and thank you for sharing your story bob if anybody um wants to email us at dj at wmnf.org and tell their story or ask a question um you can do that at dj at or you can call us at 813-239-9663 we have a caller on the line right now um which i'm trying to get and It's not working. But, um, okay, let's um, talk a little bit more then about the If You Know, You Know. How many um, stories do you have up now? Do you know?
2: We have 20 stories up on the website right now and four more that are in development. Um, In the month, it launched May 1st, and it's been seen... 9,000 times, shared over 300 times across various social media platforms. And
0: where can people find these?
2: The iykyk.tampabaythrives.org. And there is a video, we've got one video short of four storytellers that's there too, if people want to just experience that as well.
1: And you started this for, um, in May, the beginning of May, for National Mental Health Awareness Month. Is it going to continue or? It is
2: ongoing. Um, we're hoping that this becomes a hub where people you know, who are considering looking for help or, or just, I mean, it, we know from the, the Let's Talk line that most people find the line through, through Googling, right? So they're looking mm-hmm. for mental health help, they call. We're hoping that this will be a similar resource for people who are early stage and trying to figure out all of those questions, like, does someone like me need therapy? What has worked for other people? Because it's, it's not just therapy. It's, it's, we've talked about acupuncture. Mm-hmm. There's lots of other person, meditation, journaling. There are things that you can do to manage your, your mental health before um, you go into that route.
3: And before you, before you get to a point where you are it's suicidal, it's all, all levels of, um, you know, it doesn't have to be as drastic as my story. Some of the stories are. Are different. Uh Um,
1: And one of the things that we were just talking about was about the difficulty of finding the right provider or the right kind of care. And that is something that you guys do. Tampa Bay Thrives helps with that. One of your um, navigation as one of your sort of pillars of, yeah. of your mission, so tell us about how that works.
2: Yeah, so so that was the area that we really targeted first when we launched because you know the pandemic happened very quickly after I started. There was all of this need for mental health. People were talking about it in ways they hadn't before. So we decided instead of going into the anti-stigma area in the awareness campaign to instead focus on pathways. So we created the Let's Talk line, which is 844-UOK. It is free. You can call and talk to a counselor to try to find out what kind of help do I need? You might not need therapy. There might be other self-coping techniques that they can give you. We've built a resource database and we continue to add to it every day of providers who are, you know, you might have insurance and you look and you don't know if the providers that are listed, what kinds of therapy they provide. Do they look like you? Do they speak your language? Are they someone who can help with the issue that's presenting for you? The Let's Talk counselors can help with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last year in May, we, we announced with our hospital partners and, and with the Crisis Center in USF, an extension that we call Access to Quick Care. So not only can you navigate now, but you have several different options for getting short term appointments. So there is a licensed clinical social worker available at a TGH fast track clinic. You can access a a telehealth therapy appointment through a, a walk in Walgreens center through the Let's Talk line. And if you have an appointment, but it's say four weeks, five weeks out, and you don't know if you can kind of hold steady, through the Let's Talk Bridge program, we'll give you four free sessions of counseling uh, with the Crisis Center of Tampa Bay so that you can stay stable and not get into the emergency room.
1: Can you give your give a, email address or the, the web address mm-hmm. right now or phone number? Well, just let's repeat sure, it multiple yeah. times over That's the next half
2: hour. 844 u And then the website is Talk letstalktampabay.org.
1: Let's talk org And what was the phone number again? It's 844-U-OK. Y-O-U-OK. Um, we got um, Sam in Tampa is on the line. Let's talk to Sam in Tampa. Sam, you're on the line. What's on your mind?
0: Hi, how you doing today? Good. How are you? Good. Um, I, I've always had an issue with, um, I don't know when it started, when they started talking, talking uh calling it talk therapy because it's my understanding that you know if you get help of course you talk but you also take suggestions and it's the application of those suggestions that actually helps you through the crisis so i don't understand i mean talk never did anything for me and when we call it talk therapy i i feel like it diminishes what they're doing Hmm in a way, you know, how they're trying to help. What do you think, uh, Carrie? Is is that trying to distinguish uh, talk therapy from uh, perhaps medical therapy or, you know, pharmaceutical therapy? What's the difference? Yeah,
2: I, I think it may be just uh, terminology. The caller is absolutely right. I mean, you learn, you know, skills. You can go through, you know, some techniques like, um, you know, eye, rapid eye, hand response within a therapy session that actually can help deprogram some of your instant reactions that you have to triggering incidences. So he's, he's absolutely right. Talking's not enough is what you're saying, Sam, right?
0: Absolutely. And, and by calling it talk therapy, I think it cheapens the the deal of what we're trying to do here, you know, or or what you're trying to accomplish. Well, and I think,
1: Um, I think that that's what you would be able to find practitioners through Tampa Bay thrives that use different types of techniques more than just, talking, like you said, good cognitive behavioral therapy, or whatever, where you could find a practitioner who would give you a, a technique beyond just talking about your mom. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: But I guess talking about it helps identify what the perhaps source of the problem is. Yeah. You know, is it a, is it a yeah. yeah, so the, you got to talk about it until you can figure out the uh, solutions, yeah. right?
2: Mm-hmm. And it, right. very interestingly, some of the things that we're actually finding when we do the analysis on the Let's Talk line is for some individuals, that talking about it sometimes can't be enough if you're, you know, moderate enough. So, you know, people people show up with you right. know, a range of severity and, and needs.
1: Right. Thanks for the call, Sam. Thank you. And if you have a call, you can give us a call at 813-239-9663. If you have a question or a comment, you want to share your story about um struggling with uh mental health um issues, uh, you can email us at dj at w or call us at eight one three two three nine nine six six three. We're here with um Mary Kay Dwyer and Carrie Zeiss of Tampa Bay Thrives, and we're talking about um, Mental Health Awareness Month and navigating the health, mental health care system and getting access to health care and removing the stigma that's associated with um, these kinds of health care issues.
0: So the pandemic had obviously lots of negative consequences, but some positive things did come out of it. One, for example, is there's a lot more virtual therapy that's available uh, as a result of people being isolated and locked down. Uh, a lot of therapists began offering their services uh, virtually, either through Zoom or perhaps phones. And I think, uh, say, 10 years ago, that was not so common. Would you agree? And has that been a benefit?
2: Huge benefit. In fact, you know, I mean, it's it's very exciting. Just this past week, the governor did sign um, legislation which en- enables some of those pandemic Era, you know, telehealth extensions to continue. So now we will be able to access telehealth via telephone. We're engaged in a multi state compact, so providers out of state can help provide therapy here, which is really great because there is a shortage of therapists. And those, you know, telehealth options, the technology options like apps that can cue you as well are super important in providing enough support for people who are looking for help now.
0: Because we talked about how important it is to find the right therapist who can treat uh, your uh, issues in the right way, and sometimes they might not live in your community. That's right. And and this gives you the opportunity to access that service without having to drive two hours to see a therapist and then drive home two hours. Exactly. So that's a good benefit.
1: Um, You guys have been around since 2019. You received some funding through... through the American Rescue Plan? We did, yes. And that c- continues for how
2: long? How long will you have that funded uh, for? 2024, and that helps support um, the operations of the the, the Let's Talk line plus the access program in Hillsborough County. It also supported some of our anti-stigma work, some of our market research, mm-hmm. um, and focus groups. So we're continuing to really dig into what are some of the root cause issues behind the mental health um, crunch that we're experiencing. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, And then you also, tell us what happened back in December of 2022. You had a a social media moment with a Tampa Bay Lightning player that resulted in quite a few donations for Tampa Bay Thrives. Tell us about that experience.
2: Yeah, wow, that was amazing. So I I, I will say I'm I'm from boston my, myself <laughs> and i was never as dissatisfied with the boston's boston bruins sports caster as i was uh, we got a call from the lightning saying that pat maroon um had been you know playing a game with the bruins and in essence the sportscaster had uh, essentially said some derogatory things about pat maroon's weight and he got off the ice and his teammates told him and and just being an incredible class act pat decided to put out sort of a statement via Twitter saying, I support you and know, words matter. And, and they do really matter. And he, he was going to support mental health and, you know, speaking up. He was a, a Bruins player. No, no he's, right. he's a Tampa Bay Lightning player, sort of acting out against the Tampa Bay Lightning player, sort of, it was the Bruins sportscaster who was body shaming him. Gotcha. And uh, and he just said, this isn't okay, but decided instead to use his influence and his platform to raise up that, that issue of and right kind. And he said,
1: words. I am going to make a donation to Tampa Bay Thrives in the name. Of this sportscaster who body shamed,
2: yes, and encouraged others to do the the same. And you know, we're a small little nonprofit. We have never seen so many small donations, large donations come in. It was just an incredible amount of media attention for us, and um, and to just you know spread that awareness. I mean, words really do matter. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. so taking that moment to just think about what you were saying to someone, not knowing where they are that day, um, you can have incredible influence. On them, and then and Pat Marone is just a, a class act. We are so grateful for the lightning for being such great partners.
1: And your your board, you mentioned what brought you together. There were yes. thirty people, and you there are people from hospitals, school systems, law enforcement throughout the region. It looks like it's Pasco, Polk, Hillsborough, Hillsborough Pinellas. And Pinellas yes. Those four. Mm-hmm. And tell me about the law enforcement involvement. Why is that? important and um, why do they care?
2: Well, I mean, so many calls coming into 911 lines actually have mental health kind of overlap, which is one of the reasons why the 988 line was established this past year is to have a more dedicated national number to help respond to some of these uh, mental health crises. You know, law enforcement, officers are not trained on managing mental health, Mm -hmm. and and they shouldn't be put in that position of having to do that work. And we see more and more really interesting and innovative models happening in our region. The Tampa Police Department, the Pasco Sheriff's Office all have behavioral health teams that are working hand-in-hand with responders to try to, you know, make sure that they're treating the person and the issue instead of...
1: Do you work with the law enforcement agencies? Do you do do any work with them in terms of training or... Or going with them on calls
2: that we are we, we, are, we have two board members um, so we've got the sheriff at Pasco County and um, the Clearwater Police yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry and then the the chief of police for for Clearwater um or just recently is leaving his position but you know we we've got them helping us think about where we can provide the best support they often have large budgets you mm-hmm. know these law enforcement offices and do have a lot of training so we're trying to figure out how do we connect the gap again so like make make space for um, partnerships that might not necessarily be a scene from each person working in their own silo. Um,
1: we'll be back um, right after this. Um, we're going to talk some more with Carrie Zeiss from Tampa Bay Thrives and Mary Kay um, Dwyer about Mental Health Awareness Month and getting mental health care, navigating the system, access, um, and removing the stigma associated with mental health struggles. Um, we'll be back right after this.
3: There's no party like a house party, and the best house party is heard right here on WMNF. The Saturday Night House Party is heard Saturdays from 8 to 10 p.m. and hosted by yours truly, DJ Sin The best in old school dance, music, hip-hop, soul can be heard on the house party. So tune in and let us bring the party to you, the Saturday Night House Party.
1: And we're back. Um, So... We're, one of the the biggest things that you guys are doing is navigation. Do you guys act as a referral
2: um, program for people, basically? Exactly. Uh, the, the the database that we're developing has all kinds of practitioners, support groups, you know, peer resources that are there. So you know, it is it is more than just what therapist would work for me. It's what are my options and what can I do next.
0: Well, cost is often a factor for folks. Yes. Um, obviously, insurance will cover, depending on the insurance you have. What about those folks who are accessing the healthcare system through Medicaid or the Hillsborough County Health Plan? Do they provide uh, mental health services?
2: Yeah, and you can find those referrals through Let's Talk. So there, and actually one of our immediate care partners is Northside Behavioral Health, which is for someone who's under uninsured, so that there's an option for those people to get quickly into care. But cost came up several times in our market research. 40% of people said cost was the biggest issue, keeping them from, from reaching out and getting help. And then my insurance doesn't cover it, which is really a cost-related thing, was 18%. So if you add those things together, you see there's a double impact.
1: Does um what about Obamacare? Does Obamacare cover mental health services? I I thought that that doesn't the ACA um require a certain amount of
2: mental health care coverage. There is a requirement for mental health parity so that you know included in the you know the ACA and and so that is in your plan. So if you have health insurance, you certainly should go to the health insurance plan and see what they cover. I think the the underlying issue is not being sure. Is that directory, does that show you who you need to talk mm-hmm. to? And you can use multiple avenues, like use your insurance directory, talk to a Let's Talk counselor, and then you know look at some reviews to see what others experience of that provider provider are.
1: What about it even covering it though? Health insurance, just even covering your it it's so is it decent? Do you wish it was more I mean I it always, wish it was. I wish it was more.
2: Of course I do. You know, I wish we had more providers. I wish it was easier to to you know to get coverage. I wish it was as simple as a twenty five dollar, you know Co-pay, co-pay like if you were going to you know you'd see your doctor yeah. for every single one uh you know certainly we have lots of work to do in
0: this area well if, if someone calls your your toll-free number and uh-huh. give us that number again
2: 844 U O K. okay
0: and you recommend someone but it might be sometimes it's hard to get in it might take two three four weeks to get an appointment yep. what if someone's having a crisis? how do you deal with that
2: well if they're having a crisis they will be you know connected to crisis resources of which we do have some so we have you know across the region you know the, the 988 number is everywhere there are mobile crisis response you know organizations so th- there are responses if someone needs they're not in crisis but they're just not feeling great they're eligible to get into the free bridge program so if you well, have an appointment tell us about
0: that what's the free bridge program so
2: if if you have you know you have an appointment in 4 weeks but you're, you know, you're not sleeping, you're not eating, you need some coping skills, you can get up to four free sessions with a therapist at the Let's Talk line. Just to help over you. Over the phone.
0: Uh, over yeah, the over phone. Over the can, phone. There's yes. telehealth. Someone who can help you through. Exactly. Whatever it is that maybe they won't consider it a crisis, but it. If they're not sleeping, if they're depressed, uh, if they're if they're having trouble getting through work.
2: Yeah, it impacts your daily performance, right. it, you know, how you are with your family. And it
0: doesn't, you don't, you want to get people before they're suicidal for Absolutely. goodness sakes, right? I mean, that's, that's really, that's really past where you want to be.
2: Yeah. I mean, the easier you get treatment, just like for any, you know, issue, <laughs> if your ankle is bothering you a little bit, you would probably like treat it and ice it and rest it before you would, you know, do something
3: that might make it break like that's always thing. America
0: what what prompted you to finally reach out and get some help
3: well I I thought it couldn't get any worse so I was like what do I have to lose really honestly it was that bad um but I like to Carrie's point if if something had existed that was so easy to find resources at the time that I was going through something in 2010 and maybe there was but I didn't know how to find it I I it might have made things a little bit easier to find the right therapist or um, maybe even just get involved sooner. I kind of had like uh like a catalytic point where I went through a bad breakup, but it wasn't just the breakup that was sending me into this tailspin. Obviously, I had things that I had not dealt with for my whole life <laughs> that yeah. I probably should have been dealing with. And I'm still dealing with them. I mean, I went to like I went to a hypnotherapy uh, session last week and to help deal with anxiety. and. It was wonderful, so again, so it's it's a work in progress, but as long as I am not at that point where I was suicidal it was it's very scary.
0: It's there's very scary. different tools and techniques yeah. you can uh, rely on to help uh-huh. you out of that right yeah,
3: yeah, yeah.
0: and have you uh, heard from others who have been in similar situations as a result of this uh, campaign?
3: uh not just yet, I mean not personally uh, from sharing my story though, I did get a lot of people reaching out to me that were. Friends, I'm still friends with them, but maybe we don't talk every day. But they reach out and they were like, I had no idea. I had no idea it was that bad. Yeah. And that's because when you're in that situation, you don't, you don't tell anyone. You don't want to worry people. And you're just hoping you're going to make it through. And no one else, your friends can't, your friends alone can't save you anyway. Mm-hmm. Or maybe
0: you think you're, you're alone. You don't right. think other people are having the same issues or yeah
3: well i thought everyone was just gonna think oh you're just going through a breakup get over it but it was so much more than a breakup it wasn't the breakup it was my whole life everything else right yeah Yeah. it's kind of brought everything to the surface yeah you guys also do
1: what research can you tell us about that what research are you doing you did the survey is there other research that you're doing
2: so we're um just repeating now our second annual market can we call it the market research Survey it's to get a sense of the sort of the state of mental health across the region, just so we can see if we're having any impact and are people getting better, and to understand what's happening, kind of in a quicker turn. Um, we're doing focus groups right now. We just completed focus groups with um, Hillsborough County, and we're currently doing them in Pasco, Pinellas, and Polk mm-hmm. with various populations. So this survey gives us kind of the quantitative data, but we're trying to get underneath that and find out like what are you know we we heard in the data that. Individuals, while they would say, "I accept someone who's struggling with mental health," they wouldn't necessarily feel that someone else would feel that way about them. Which indicates mm-hmm. that there is some underlying stigma that we haven't completely broken down. And we see that in the focus groups. We even see that in trying to recruit for the focus groups. There are certain kind of, you know, pockets that are very difficult to get to. Um, the the boomers are kind of, you know, tend to be harder to. Boomers and the and and the Silent Generation tend to, to not want to necessarily engage in discussions about mm-hmm. mental health in a, in a group setting where younger people, college age students, are much more willing to raise their hand and and say, "Yeah, I want to share." Well, that uh,
1: seems to be a thing. Like yeah. they're like on TikTok and on you know social media, they talk a lot about their anxieties and insecurities. There's a lot more of that. Yeah, they I do. Think.
0: Well, we talked earlier about uh, the negative impact mm-hmm. of social media, particularly on teens. Um, I guess there's a flip side to that. I mean, you're using social media to get this message out. Uh, are there uh, resources online that you recommend that people go to? Are there, I don't know, TikTok influencers on mental health? Or uh, how, can, how can you steer people to more positive social media?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I do follow uh, some accounts. I think it's finding like the right like, combination of accounts that speak to the concerns that you have. I mean, for me, it was, you know, parenting, you know, um, I, I personally don't don't drink. So it was like following people who also had made that same choice because, you know, I've got anxiety. That's like gas in the fire for my anxiety. Um, you know, I, I follow, you know, it's, it's like lots of different accounts I don't want to necessarily name one mm-hmm. in particular because they kind of fit for my combination, but look for like hashtags. So you know, like look for parenting and stress if that's like right. one of your concerns. Look for you know You can so- control your algorithm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Like refine that It honesty. doesn't have to be all Karen's and cops behaving that's, badly.
1: That's my TikTok feed. This
0: that's right. Karen's <laughs> out of control Karen's and cops <laughs> behaving badly. And I feel I feel badly about my country yeah, when right. I watch too many of these uh, TikTok videos. Yeah. There are inspiration <laughs> ones. It could sure. be, I don't, I don't know. know if it's the Chinese government trying to make me feel bad about my country, but uh, it, it well, does. There, there it's not an, a positive experience. <laughs> There's a
2: newsletter called reasons to be cheerful. I will just say that that's very uh, innocuous, but lots of good news that comes out once a week.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you can definitely pick the things that make you happy. Mine's all fluffy cats. That's, yes. <laughs> that's, good, you know? that's all I need. Fluffy cats and food. I have a lot of
1: middle-aged women dancing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have an email from our a voice uh, text message, I'm sorry, that says, My sister's insurance refused to pay for cognitive behavioral therapy if she wasn't having suicidal ideologies are there CBT support groups that offer support for free?
2: Is there anything like that? That That is a question I would definitely call the Let's Talk line to answer. And also I would say, you know, really be persistent. Like, you know, it, it sometimes going back to, you know, your primary care doctor and mm-hmm. having them help you advocate to your insurance company to make sure that you can get you know the support. You shouldn't have to wait until you're suicidal to get support, but be, you know be real persistent with with your insurance company and
3: and and advocate for yourself.
0: Well, Mary Kay, was your hypnotherapy uh, covered by insurance?
3: No, I no. don't have insurance, so so oh. I'm just living on the wild side or on the and on the edge. So and, and,
0: uh, and how does? Uh, <laughs> I, I've heard of hypnotherapy uh, for helping smokers get uh, yeah. the habit. Um, so
3: she she said she doesn't do that.
0: And how does it how does it work for you? <laughs>
3: um so i have- anxi- uh, a lot of anxiety especially around doing this public speaking you' doing, doing great yes, uh i fr- i fun. breathing. maybe it cured me i don't know um <laughs> but it's apparently it's not like the movie office space where you know you, she snaps your finger her fingers and you never go back to work again um but uh it it was it's kind of like a deep meditative state that she puts you in and she kind of talks about all of the different things that um are bothering you also dove a little bit into my childhood and then she makes up this mantra she records it for you i have a 20-minute recording of her and i listen to it when i go to sleep at night and i've been doing that mm. every night and i was listening to it in the car before this
0: <laughs> <laughs> well i think it must have helped because I you seem fine. so
3: some, some, I'm usually fine once
0: it's happening. <laughs> uh, um, if you want to join our conversation today, call us at 813-239-9663. Are you having a mental health issue? Do you know anyone who needs some help with their mental health issues? Uh, you can also uh, email us at dj at or text us at 813-433-0885. And in the spirit of, if you know, you know... If there's anyone out there who's willing to share their story, we would love to hear it. Is there a crisis that you're dealing with now? Is there a crisis that you went through? Are there issues that your family members are going through that you need some help with? Please give us a call at 813-239-9663. Um,
1: you guys also do advocacy, and I want to talk about that because we've had a couple, interestingly, on this on this show we have had two people who have commented about DeSantis Um, one person saying uh, the latest one was if Florida is 49 out of 50 states for mental health care access we've shared that statistics then it's standard reason you'd be crazy to vote for Ron DeSantis yet you just Told us about something that the governor just signed that improves expands access to mental health care mm-hmm. through telehealth. Um, was that something you all advocated for? Are there other policies that you advocate for, and how does that work in terms of advocacy? Do you get involved in the um, uh, the legislature or s- state and federal uh, lawmaking?
2: Yeah. So we don't, you know, we don't actively lobby, you know, right now for anything. We're we're monitoring bills. We're trying to understand among our community members and coalition members, where's their commonality? In, in, in where we can bring our voices together to say we know that this is important mm-hmm. as a region mm-hmm. and we knew that those telehealth bills that we just talked about are important because there, there are not enough providers right now. That's what's driving that statistic, which actually got a little bit better, I would say, in the, the most recently I released report. We're now 46, not okay. 49. Okay. But the access issue is around how easy is it to find appointments? And one of the biggest issues for us here in Florida is we have less behavioral health providers than other states. And so- why. So that
0: Florida it seems like Florida would need more
2: well you know it could be the we are, pot-
0: are this this we are known for Florida man and the insane <laughs> things people <laughs> do here you know, this is like a, a retention pond for all the crazy people. What? <laughs> we're, 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 we're growing, right? Growing, you know, we're right. growing as a state. Growing, so right.
2: when you're growing, that means like the supply of, of providers you have, like doesn't necessarily grow in in line with the number of people who are moving here. So that is a part of it. Another part of it is, you know, reimbursement rates and how much, you know, people can get back for their services through, you know, reimbursed rates through Medicaid, Medicare and insurance. You know, that's something that, You know we're looking at and and trying to understand. Um, It takes a while to grow a behavioral health pool, right? So you've got to tell kids that this is a great career path and and how much you can make, and encourage them to take courses and 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 get through school. And that takes time. But you know we're looking at the the problem from a bunch of different ways because that is really the 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 crux of the issue is having enough providers.
0: And who are the folks that you you are reaching, and who are the folks that you are? Uh, uh, having trouble reaching or, or is, what demographic groups or racial groups or economic uh, groups?
2: Yeah. Who, I, who's
0: accessing your service and who are you trying to reach that well, you're not?
2: We're trying to, you know, really make sure that anyone who has a has a need knows where to get help. I mean, so it's, it, it's, it's a broad population that we're serving but we do know that there are groups where the you know there are cultural issues um you know so black populations hispanic populations can have some you know cultural barriers again in the way around feeling comfortable talking to you know a medical professional, but maybe might be more willing to go see a faith-based leader who could maybe help them figure out where to go. So we try to figure out how to make those connections. We know that our LGBTQ population is experiencing quite a bit of stress right now, mm. um, particularly in our state. And and that's a group where, you know, you think about social connectedness is also one of those things that helps us feel like we thrive. And when you feel like you're being othered and you don't have a place at the table, that creates an environment that, you know, you don't feel safe being who you are. And um, so we know that we have to make sure that there's lots of inroads to help people who are looking for help there. Is the Tampa Bay area different? Do you have a sense of
1: the uh, mental health, um, uh, uh, health, I guess to say, mental health stability of Tampa Bay area? How
2: do we compare to other parts of the rest of the state? Do we know that? yeah we we do have some tis, tis, excuse me statistics on like providers you know on a per capita population, and that you know our our counties the counties that we serve are under some state averages, but our state averages are underneath national averages right so you sort of have an increasingly worse situation right so that 's where we 're trying to focus on at one level how do we help the individual who is looking for our support and that 's with our programs like the access program the let 's talk mm-hmm. line the the decreasing stigma. I will also say that we, we offer a lot of support through our we Mental Health America affiliate. So, screenings, toolkits, uh, we have purpose recorded meditation. So, we have lots of ways that an individual can get some support. And that's, you can find those all oh, on website. Oh, yeah. Let's you actually have website.
1: videos and webinars and all that sort of thing Ex- on,
2: on the website. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then we're trying to attack. Isn't that website at, uh, So, let's talk tampa bay.org is where you can find all of that Information that will help you, where you can sign up for the newsletter, where you can see those individual, sort of, you know, uh, recorded meditations. You can also, the if you know, you know, campaign is for decreasing stigma. That's I-Y-K-Y-K dot Thrives.org. And then tampa Thrives.org is where there's, if you're an employer or you have a big team or you want to be part of the systems level change, that's where we publish our research. It's where we have the webinars that we're hosting right now in the behavioral health workforce. We're trying to really come up with a keen sense of what the demand will be in the future and how can we develop some strategies to help increase that supply of workers. So we're, we're, we're looking at the problem from multiple, lenses to try to you know to fix it because you can't just look at one here. Right. that's not it's not just a consumer need it's 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 the fact that the system itself needs to change
1: well and interestingly when you look at the mental health america website and it has the rankings for how do you rank in terms of your um uh, adult mental health and mm-hmm. and teen youth mental health and access we're kind of in the middle of the pack in terms of the mental health, so to speak, of the state. Yeah. But where we tank is in access. So that's what actually hurts our hurts our ranking because we're right. kind of in the middle. That's our weak point exactly. as, a, as a state anyway.
2: Yep. You were exactly right.
1: Because it's sunshiny in Florida and people are <laughs> relatively speaking. Well, we're middle of the pack,
2: like I said. It is true. We don't have the same. I mean, I come from New England originally. Season, seasonal affective disorder is a real thing. Um, and then, we, you know, you don't see that kind of you know, s- systemic uh, issue here. Now,
0: what about summertime with kids? Because when kids are in school, they're engaged and, uh, you know, do do you see a difference for, for, for kids during the summertime when, when they don't have as much structure as they usually do?
2: I think, you know, it, it varies. In, so, in some ways, the kids can get more social. Parents and families who need support that get support from schools really struggle. So some families do really rely on schools to provide you know, food (laughs) and meals and, you know, kind of more wraparound structures than they can access in the summer. And that's where you see kind of subset populations beginning to struggle even more so.
0: Well, you also have uh, a lack of uh, guidance counselors in schools. Mm -hmm. I mean, not not just guide you through, you know, your academic programs in school, but to help you with whatever mental health challenges you might be having. So is that an area that you think needs to be improved as well? More money needs to be... Provided for uh, schools to uh, help uh, the students?
2: Right now, we're actually just... We, we have a new employee who's who's joining us this this month. Um, we are spending some more concentrated time to try to understand what you're describing as that in-school, out-of-school balance for families. And we have been called in on a couple of occasions where people have said, you know, in the, I mean, it's, it's tragic, but, you know, a, a suicide happens. And, you know, you, you have supports in schools, but what you don't have supports for are for the troop leader of a boy scout troop say that has to come together with the troop the next day and know how to support the kids and also how to how to support themselves they've just lost a member of the troop and so what we know is is that we've got to do more to understand what is the connection between in school and then out of school mental health for kids and so we're building a plan over the next year so that we can and a landscape assessment so that we understand the programs the gaps and can figure out how we as a community can come together and fill it because it's way too big for one organization to do alone
1: is it concerning well you have uh, your board members of course that represent all these different kinds of organizations so that that certainly helps it's a broad coalition um is it concerning about um Sort of the um, stifling of conversation that we're seeing in in the schools to you from a mental health perspective, I think one of our um, uh, emails addressed that the issue of of LGBTQ or minority kids and does is yeah. that concerning from a mental yeah. health perspective? I
2: mean, feeling connected, feeling seen, and feeling valued is a really important part of feeling like you matter mm-hmm. <laughs> and 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 the other thing is so important, and, and I personally worry is missing from some of our discussions is like, no, how often do you talk to someone who is exactly like you? Almost never, mm-hmm. right? And so learning to hear different perspectives, to understand someone else's view, living with a heart full of compassion and empathy, I think it is an inclusivity in that regard is helpful for encouraging dialogue and finding solutions.
0: Well, we ask teachers to do a lot. Um, do. And so including... Uh, Trying to figure out if the kids having mental health challenges, but do you do training for teachers to help them uh, with those kids? So
2: again, like we're, we're sort of this coalition, and and we recommend pathways. So what we mental health first aid is an amazing mm-hmm. um, training, and that exists mm-hmm. for for teachers. Actually, it's a requirement that most teachers get trained in, in mental health first aid, and 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 most of the school districts really are on track to do that. There's also youth mental health first aid that is meant for kids to, you know, to train kids on how to recognize signs and how to safely intervene for hmm. a friend because that's a scary thing to do, you know, to, right. to, to approach someone and to ask them if they're okay and then know what to do with it and how to handle that responsibility. So we partnered with other organizations last year, um, Florida Blue, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Love for Lawrence Foundation, the school district for Hillsborough County. And we did the Strike the Stigma event. And part of that was having more mental health first aid training for teachers and, and, and identifying youth champions who would be willing to be trained to be kind of advocates and leaders within their own school? Those are those connections. You know, when an event is happening, you've got great partners, how can you make sure that best practices are integrated? And then we bring in more people to the discussion. So I do think. For us, probably, we're going to see mental health first aid training for kids as one of those tools. If we can get more kids in our region trained on how to safely, responsibly identify needs of their peers, because the, they're going to see it that in a way that adults never do, um, that 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 would be a really effective way to to help support the mental health of kids.
0: And are you looking for more uh, folks to share their stories? And how can they uh, how can they share those with you?
2: Yeah, we are um, because we want we want people who come to the website to see themselves in those stories. And we do, like men. Yeah. <laughs> men don't talk about mental health that often. We have got some great stories. Men don't stories. talk
0: about much <laughs> about sports and politics. Uh,
3: Older folks. Here. <laughs> Everyone from every demographic. I think that yeah. goes back to that um, question about the stigma. You know, We think this is a great way to kind of break that. Yep. So uh, e- emailing
2: info at tampabathrives.org is a great way to share your story. You can also... You know, reach out via our social media or go to the if you know you know uh, campaign website, which is i y k y k dot dot org.
0: so if you have a story uh, to share and you didn't want to call the radio station today and share it, you can write your story and send yes. it to info yep at,
2: at TampaBayThrives.org. dot org.
1: and the um the the phone number is one eight hundred 8- one eight four four u o k y o u o k. 844-YOU-OK. I did no.
0: one last quick question about the pandemic. Are you, I know when people were locked down and stuff, it was difficult. Are you saying uh, sort of the after effects of the pandemic, people still struggling to try to get out of that?
2: Yeah. Um, I was talking to one of my hospital partners the other day, I mean, about this very thing. People are tired. <laughs> well, we're sort of you know, back in kind of regular life and I'm using air quotes it's there, there are some lingering residual effects of some, some exhaustion, you know, we're adjusting to having life resume at a similar tempo.
0: People are still a little nervous, I think some folks,
2: I think that's definitely true and not sure, you know, when to mask and, and, and all of that. Um, well, Carrie, thanks for being with us today.
1: Um, Mary Kay, thank you for being with us today,
0: mm-hmm. and thanks for sharing your story with us. Absolutely, um, thank you, DJ
1: Spaceship. Thanks for manning the phones, and John, thank you for manning the board. Um, we will be back next week, and then. The week after that will be fundraising, but it's not too early to donate. You can go to WMNF.org and hit the tip jar today. Um, Stay tuned for NPR headlines, followed by Harrison Nash. This This is WMNF Tampa. WMNF Tampa.